it's me, your fellow coffee lover. Are you guys tired of the same old bland coffee that leaves you feeling jittery and gives you a stomach ache? Or maybe you always are reaching for those high sugar, fructose, whatever, 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 like red five energy drinks every single day. Honestly, I used to be that girl, but I really switched all of my like energy drink to coffee drinking and specifically life boost because it's the world's purest single origin low acid coffee life boost is not only that but it's also ethically sourced from the beautiful mountains of nicaragua free from pesticides and grown in the shade preserving the environment when you choose life boost you're supporting local farmers and their families ensuring they get fair wages it's coffee with a conscience Life Boost has my favorite flavor coffee and sometimes it honestly can be a really hard choice in which one I want to order or buy. But here's the thing. Life Boost have you, has you covered with their seasonal sip club. So if you sign up today for the seasonal cl- sip club, Life Boost will send you some of their hottest fall flavors. <laughs> Get it? Hottest because it's coffee. But you can do an iced too, I guess. Whatever. Uh, like apple streusel or amaretto or Vermont maple cream to make your breezy season warm and snuggly. So picture a chilly fall morning and you're just like wrapped up in a snuggly blanket with some fuzzy socks with a colorful leaves kind of fall around and you're sipping your coffee and it's as if you just bit into a gingerbread cookie. It's warm, spicy, and so comforting. That's what you could have with the Seasonal Sip Club. Or, you know what? Start your own Seasonal Sip Club and just, like, randomly pick a bunch of flavors. And that's also fun. It's kind of like a grab bag. But for someone like me who cannot make a decision, this is ideal. So, if you're wanting to order some coffee, whether it's chosen by Life Boost or yourself, you can save yourself 30% with our code of UNMASKEDPOD. That's U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D-P-O-D to save yourself 30% on your first order. In a world of ordinary, it's time to unmask the extraordinary with Unmasked the Podcast. With host, Brandon Zimmerman. Welcome to Unmasked, the podcast. I feel like everybody knows me. Just about everything about me. Eye candy of the night, 100%. <laughs> Sarah Zimmerman. I want to be on the back end of RTV and just like, Right. I saw Amanda Nunez and I'm pretty sure I fell in love with her. I want to just be her. It's time to unmask your true potential. All right. Welcome to Unmasked, the podcast. We are here with... Uncle John, Emard, <laughs> <laughs> the homie who's been letting us use his awesome studio. Yeah, it's amazing. Every yeah. time I'm always like, damn. This, this is this weird is for me to be over here with you guys because I feel like I need to be in that <laughs> other room, like doing stuff and like moving knobs. But that's yeah. the beauty about producing a podcast. You Everything that you do is before you arrive and then you hit record. So I'm like, Oh, cool. I'll come and hang out with you guys. Now. I love it. This I'm so awesome. excited. Too cool. Too cool. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we always start out with like an origin story of like how you came to be. And when I say how you came to be, I mean like you do a lot of different shit. Yeah. Like a bunch of different shit. Yeah. Um, sometimes <laughs> too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel you on, on the doing too much thing. Um, more so like cause, uh, so my first experience or ever like seeing you, hearing you talk or anything is before I knew you, but I saw you at one of 
probably Sparta mm-hmm. ring announcing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, who's this goofy bastard that they're talking? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I was doing this. Yeah, exactly. Had the, had the voice, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to do that. I, I um, Yeah, that was, um, it was funny because you guys, well, you guys know Sparta, obviously, and you remember Luke Dunnick was like the guy that got me connected to Sparta. And then Luke and I worked together, and then he knew that I did like a lot of public speaking and things like that. So he was like, hey, you know, you're there for Muay Thai. Why don't you do some of this voice stuff? And then I was like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I kind of do that enough in my work life. I don't really, I don't feel the need to, I don't need any gratification for doing that. And he was like, I think you'd be good at it. And I was like, all right. And then I saw him do it, and no offense to Luke, but Luke sucked as an announcer. <laughs> and he will tell you, he was like, I'm like, did you do that on purpose? And he's like, no, I just really suck at it. So I was like, okay. And I love ring announcing and, and uh, Bruce Buffer and uh, admire all that stuff and the vocal arts and producing music and stuff. So I was kind of like, okay, cool. And then when I got into it, I'm like, oh, I love this because I can't, I can't fight anymore. So if I'm not going to be, I'm like, I can still be in the ring. <laughs> and it was cool because I'm like there and there's blood, but it's not my blood. <laughs> it was kind of cool. So, yeah, so that took off. Um, and that was kind of cool. That led to um, I actually explored. And for a very short time, Mr. Scott Kent, the CEO of Lion Fight, entertained me taking over for Sonny Franco. So if you guys know Sonny Franco, um, Sonny was the guy that did Lion Fights for so long. So you had... Um, uh, Sonny was in the ring, and you had Michael Chavello and Pat Militich were doing the, the play-by-play stuff. So I had gotten involved with Jamie and through Sparta with Jason Verdugo, who was a pro fighter. And um, once I did some local announcing, they were like, hey, um, Jason, you're training with Jason. You're, you're sparring with him, and you're helping him, and now we're going to introduce you to um, – uh, Sonny Franco at one of the lion fights. I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And so I met Sonny, and he was like, hey, he's like, I've heard you've been doing local regional stuff. You've got a great voice. By the way, I'm transitioning out. I'll put in a word for you. So Scott Kent, we flew Scott Kent in, and um, uh, he got to witness, witness me kind of in the ring doing my thing. And so then I flew back out to Connecticut for one of Jason's uh, last fights with Lion Fight, and they, he was kind of like, okay, well, here's what it is. And I'm like, so let's talk money. Yeah. And then I went, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm like, it's a very glamorous thing, but I'm like, it doesn't pay very well. And I was like, that's right. And I talked to Sonny, and Sonny is like, there's a reason I'm leaving. So I got out of that. But um, I still do it for, you know, on-the-side jobs and you know, vocal phone company, you know, for your phone, IVR system, stuff like that. How do you even, I mean, I've definitely asked this of you before, but like how, if someone was like, how do I get into this? How do I start? Do I have to have a real, like in acting, especially if you're doing commercial or film, um, it helps sometimes with theater. You have a reel that you can direct people to. Do you have like a voice reel that you do? Okay. No different than your artist portfolio, you know right, the big right, ones right. that that right the content you have on it's all it's all about content and in this case your content is your vocal acting right like, so you have to have that and you have to have examples of like hey you know come down to Jerry Alderman Ford you know <laughs> for the fifteen dollar sale 
you have to have cheesy stuff like that. You have to have the, you know, some serious stuff. So you have to kind of, it depends on what your niche is. But the thing is, is it's so, there's so many out there right now. If you go on, you guys know Fiverr, right? Yeah. If yep. you go on Fiverr, do you know how many voice actors that have done so many amazing yeah, things? Yeah, because that's the other thing is I definitely have been told like, hey, you should get into this. You'd be great. But then I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I guess I could start on Fiverr, but who's going to actually see my stuff? Just start producing stuff. Even okay. if you have to make it up on your own. Like, <laughs> I've got stuff that I've done for, you know, professional phone systems where it goes, hi, thanks for calling Technronics. If you'd like technical support, please dial one. If, you know, and you yeah. do, do all that kind of stuff. And then it's kind of like, then you're like, oh, well, sometimes they need, do you know how to do the accents? You know, right, are you right, going right. to do something like that? Would I need someone that seems like they're a little more international? Okay. 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 Well, then you've got male, female, and you've got all of these different genres. And it's tough now because with AI and all the software, it's like, hey, it doesn't matter. If, you're, if you normally talk like this... And you're just, uh, you got this? Well, you can put it through the filter, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you are Antonio Banderas, and nice. you are this sexy man who speaks like this. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. So Sweet. it's kind of hard. So that is like the, it, there's always going to be a place for it. Okay. But it's going to be very easy for AI to replace a lot of that stuff now. Yeah, I'm thinking more like audiobooks. And, you know, now, I mean, we're listening to 13 Days of Halloween, which is just like a movie that you listen to, more or less. Um, a lot of monologuing. But kind of things like that that I would be really interested in. But I'm like, who the hell do I send this reel to? Who wants to hear this? Do I just like start cold sending it to people? Or Well, you know, guys, <laughs> it's just like anything else. I... When I approach any of this stuff, it's all about who you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, your network is your net worth, mm -hmm. right? It, it's like, I don't even know if that's really a saying, but like this, if you build a network and you know people, that's how, that's, I feel like that's how everything happens. You know, yeah. it's like you can try the blind stuff. You can try to just like, I put so much content, content out there and none of it's working. Well, who do you know that owns a business that might need something? Why don't you right. do something for free? Yep. Why don't you do three things for free yep. and get those three people going, hey, you know, this was free, but she's really, really awesome. And then you get out there and then you just got to play it. You yeah. gotta, sometimes you just got to put yourself out there and just go, I'm just taking a chance. Yeah. I, I do that a lot with like Facebook and stuff. I'll like, who do I know that does this? You know, because we know so many people theoretically. Even so, like, I don't know, maybe I, I found, especially through martial arts, like I know somebody that does something or know somebody that knows somebody. And especially with how many, you know, thousands of friends, suppose, you know, friends in air quotes we have on online. Yeah. <laughs> we know a guy who knows the guy. Oh, <laughs> and all it takes is that one. Like there's yeah. going to be there's going to be someone that goes, oh, right place, right time. But if you're not putting the content out there, then it's kind of like. So you just got to do the grind of what, and it doesn't matter. You guys know it from training. It's sure. like you just got to train and train and train. And eventually there might be that like right place at right time through the right person that you know might be, oh, I was training with Jason. Jason got me to, to Scott Kent. Scott Kent got me the opportunity to consider Sonny Franco's job. Right. And now Sonny is with Iron Boy. He's doing amazing. He's sending me pictures of him with Jimmy Lennon, who's like the greatest boxing announcer ever. And I'm like, good for you, man. And I'm like, oh, it's cool to rub elbows with someone like that. Yeah. You never know if, if I need to call someone. I'm like, 
oh man, I got this gig and I don't want to, I don't want to be Bruce Buffer. I don't want to steal you. How do I get my own unique thing? You know, and I go, now I got someone I can call. Yeah. What's funny is just like, if something breaks in your house, what do you guys do? You go, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling someone and you're going to go, do you have a lady that knows how to do this? Do you have a guy that knows how to fix this? Do you have this? Per-? You're like, it's all referrals. Well, I think that's the way in life in anything, whether you're trying to be a great martial artist or you're trying to build a career or you just need mental help, like whatever it is. It's like, do you have a good therapist? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and it is who you know. I mean, we talked to Sean Fallon about it and it was I mean, a lot of it is just networking even to get a fight, you know. Yeah. So interesting. Well, think about that. I mean, it's like, well, how, how, how do these matchmakers? Well, the, you got they got to be out there. You're just when you're fighting, you're just putting out content. It's no different than digital content. Right. You're just putting yourself out there. So right. it's that's the crazy thing. And it's if you're willing to do it, it's like. Man, it'll be a grind, but if you're willing to put forth the effort, it pays off. And it's like that whole, who was the, uh, uh, was it Dillashaw, hard work pays off? Is that his thing? And I'm like, yeah, it's true. I'm like, I wasn't a big Dillashaw fan, Neither but I. I, I don't <laughs> think anyone was. But at some point, he was like, well, he's right. You don't have to like him, but he's right. Yeah, that's fair. Hard work pays off. Yeah, but so, and you also have to like separate yourself from other people, too, and stand out. Yeah. the other thing. It's like, how do you stand out when you got... 70,000 people doing the same thing you're doing. Or in your case, you do so much. I mean, voice work is not your full-time gig. Like, yeah, no. It's s- This is just, f- I mean, for me, this is fun, and I love doing it. But that's the, the thing. If you can find a, a way to, if you can monetize what you love, then what, what are they, what's the saying? You know, if you find something you love to do, you never work a day in your life. I know, and I keep hearing that, but then I'm also listening to people who are like, you need to stop saying to monetize everything you love. <laughs> and I'm like, that's actually a really fair point. Like, sometimes you can just do stuff that you yeah. love and not make money on it. Right, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to remember that. Because I think that's something that, like, I get in the, the like, aspect of. It's like, oh, I really love acting. I can make money on it. Oh, I really love working on cars. I should make money on it. Oh, I really love doing this. And I need to step back and be like... I don't have to make money on everything. <laughs> well, your time is valuable. My time is valuable. But, but that doesn't mean that someone needs to pay you for it. Right, right, right. Like, I don't, I mean, this morning at our parish, we, we we delivered 800 Thanksgiving baskets. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't ask for anything. Like, no one that showed up, none of those people that showed up. I'm like, this. everyone's doing this because we're trying to help each other. Everyone yeah. wants to help. The greatest job in the world is helping other people problem is is it's the one that pays the least i think it's actually by design yeah sure i mean it definitely pays nothing in money money but good it ca- surely good does yeah <laughs> i mean it really it is scientifically proven that you will live a better life if you are a giving human if you yeah. start to think about your community because you kind of find where you belong in your community and you understand that your community then can help you as well. And I think that's such an important So many, but part. everyone, I think that everyone, so with the, the, like all of the social media and the TikToks and monetizing your time, and you're just producing content and time. Yes, time is valuable, but you know what? The time that you spend helping other people is valuable yeah. too. Yeah, if absolutely. you think about it, you're like, when you're gone, they're like, oh, like, 
uh, how how great was was Sarah when she did all of her stuff and she made all this money? Like no one's going to care about that. They're going to think about, you know what she did? She established this thing that she did and she made an impact on these people that's going to live on long after you're gone. You're yeah, like, absolutely. Well, that's way more fulfilling. You try to find meaning in, in what you're doing and stuff. So it's like and not everyone can work for a nonprofit, you know. It'd no. be great if you could, but, you know, so. Yeah. It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. I was like, I don't have any further <laughs> questions. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, so the voice acting and, and that you know that led you to you know announcing and stuff like that. But but how many years have you trained prior to that? Because you don't generally just go. You know, I'd really like to. You know. Well, it all I'm, came from being on stage as a musician. So okay. Like the voice acting and all that stuff, and the producing and podcasting and all that stuff, ring announcing, all came from wanting to be a musician. Right. You wanted I wanted to be a musician when I was really young. I mean, I knew a long, long time ago, like the thing I wanted to devote my life to was music. And again, at some point you realize I'm not going to make any money doing this. I don't care. Yeah. You know what? The greatest feeling, I, the best feeling I have is helping other people. Right. The second best feeling is when you're doing what you love and other people are enjoying that like yeah. when you're on stage and i don't i have no i don't get caught up in the oh i'm performing other people's music i don't care you think someone at a at a club downtown at you know midnight when you play their favorite song and they're hearing it and they're just in the right mood and right frame of mind and they're dancing and you made their night that to me is all worth it. Yeah. Like I love nothing more than seeing other people having joy because of m the one component that I'm doing. Right. And I love that. That's why. So that's why I got into it. And I was like, I just want to make other people happy through music because I know the joy that I got through music growing up in a musical household where there was always music around. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that for a living. And then you go, oh, shit, it pays crap <laughs> but i still love it and i'm still going to do it so i did that through starting in you know junior high and forming bands and and you know just doing that whole thing and then on through life and then playing in broad ripple and original bands and cover bands and just any opportunity that you had to play music and expand it that's that was my true love because my at one point i was like i had to make a decision i'm either going to go to la and I'm going to be a musician and take the chance of like not making any music, probably developing some horribly bad habits, and maybe making it and being super famous or not. And then I met my wife, and I was like, I just want to be with her. <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> care. At that point, I was like, well, this whole rock and roll star, I'm like, if I go out and do that, there's a chance that she's not going to be here for me when I get back. So, um, and that was like at the intersection of like the late 80s, early 90s. And then like you go, okay, I'm perfectly happy performing in local clubs and being semi-famous on a local scene. And that's it. Yeah. And then yeah. That, let, let it see where it goes. I think that's what I was thinking too is like, I just, you know, I think B has talked about being famous, being famous. And I'm like, I honestly don't really want to be famous. I just really love performing yeah. like singing there is something about singing 
it just it literally lights me from the inside like it's so weird to just you know be in the I can be downstairs of our shop and just throwing away like putting tires away and singing my heart out the acoustics are fantastic <laughs> I love that. so I can hear it and I'm like oh my god do I sound amazing yeah and I'm just enjoying it like that is such a it's so great. And when I did Rent, it was the same way. Like, yes, I wasn't the main person, but just doing it in an ensemble of insanely talented people and moving people with art is so powerful. Well, you so you were in uh, drama club in high school or chorus or yeah, whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. So I was as well. And I remember I, I had this weird emotion at the end when it was all done. Yes. And it was the weirdest thing. I'd never, I get chills about it. I'm getting chills about it right now. But it was the weirdest thing because I had never felt like a separation anxiety. You work with these people, right? And yep. you're working in this stuff. And you're getting into character. And you're having these, you know, these artificial relationships that you've fabricated. And you've developed your character. And it's all scripted for you, right? So you're like, you didn't really, And all of a sudden, you do it. And you do it two, three times different performances those performances all get better and I always thought that the very last one whatever it was was always the best even if it wasn't the best it felt like it was the best and then it was over yeah and I remember laying in bed one night going shit it's over yeah and I got is. emotionally overwhelmed yes. with and these weren't people that I normally associated with like we ran in different circles and there were a couple people I was like I'm probably not going to interact with these people ever again. And yep. I'm like the the what what the emotion that you developed in in performing, and I'm like think about that in not just a song but like in a play, yeah. and in touring. Like I can't imagine that. It's so it's interesting that you say that because I genuinely like I just got done doing well. I did a show last year, and it was with these like insanely talented women and. It is, uh, we sometimes refer to it as like summer camp where you are with this person every single day. You're rehearsing, you're making each other laugh because it, in reality, it was a bunch of like comedian women who are so talented and so funny. And they genuinely brought me from a place where I gen I did not have a lot of women relationships to now I'm like, oh my God, this is what I've wanted my whole, like I've wanted friendships like this my whole life. And then all of a sudden, you know, because everybody's schedule is so busy and you know, you don't work together. You just do this on the side and you have to say goodbye. It is so, it's so hard. For someone that's never been through that, it's hard to explain yeah. that relationship that you develop. Yeah. And that's why I was like, well, you know what, I'm I'm just going to perpetually do this until I'm dead because <laughs> yeah. I don't want that feeling to ever end. I yeah. never want that feeling of collaboration, of um, helping each other, feeding off of each yeah. other. Like whether it's acting or it's podcasting or it's, it's, it's you know, whatever it is, that's, it's like, it's a drug, man. It, it is 100% a 100% drug. It yeah. is 100% a 100% drug. I am absolutely addicted to it. And I I definitely go through points where I'm like, I don't need it. I don't need it. And then I, I go back well, into a show. He knows you need it. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. shit. Yeah, oh, you're shit. like, don't you need to go and do some of this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like she doesn't do it for a while. Then she wants to do it. And then she does it for six weeks straight and tired of it. And then wants a break, wants to do something else. And then, you know, it creeps back around. 
kind of like it, yeah. it feels like a summer romance is what it really feels like it's like this beautiful like wonderful summer romance that you have and then you say goodbye and you like think about that moment often that is a crazy analogy because that's exactly what it feels like <laughs> it, it, when, when you yeah that whole just summer romance when you were a kid and you're like it might have been like a week or too long and then you're like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna I remember I was like, I'm going to write letters to this girl in Canada. Yeah. And I'm like, this girl in Canada is like, when I go back to the States, she's not going to carry anything about me. <laughs> but I'm like, she's locked, etched in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving you waters. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have other stuff over here. Do okay. you want Celsius? I have, you know, other alcoholic beverages and, you know, whatever you guys want. I got <laughs> over here. Perfect. Celsius is caffeinated. Sorry, I'm still sort of, <laughs> sort of producing as I'm, I want you guys to no, be. No, it's perfect. So. We're great. No, that's, that's You're good. doing great. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, but those are like uh, just different components and parts of like all the things that, you know, that ultimately make me who I am. You know, it's just, and it's all stuff and you experiment and stuff. I just tend to latch on to things and kind of yeah. continue to do a lot of things. And it's, I think I've kind of drawn the line now. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of good with kind of what I got. I'm like, let's just take all of these things and just get really good at these things. Like, I'm not going to pick up, you know, I don't know, any other, like, I'm not climbing Kilimanjaro or anything. That's fine. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> I know. So one of those things is fighting, though. So what is your origin fight story? How did you even get into that? Yeah, uh, You see this thing? <laughs> oh, this is really funny. Watch this. Oh. All right. So no, if you're book. listening, I know, this I is <laughs> everyone's everyone's listening. No one's watching I, unless there's someone He's, filming. He dramatically brought a very old looking book. Mastering this was written karate. by Oyama. Master Oyama. Right. So remember when you guys would go to... Um, Book fairs? Yes, book fairs. I All knew right. you were going to say a book fair. I was <laughs> yes. like, yes, I am 100% on board. All right, so book fairs. I was like, all right, here I am in fourth or fifth grade, and I'm going to the book fair. I saw this this green, lime green thing called Mastering Karate, and as soon as I opened it, and there was a picture of this guy who was fighting a bull. Um, you know, so he's fighting a bull, oh. and there's a picture of him. He's just I like actually in tie shorts. Is that what? It's yeah, like he's kind of tie shorts. Yeah. shorts. Yeah, but there's a page missing, and the page missing is the one where it shows his hand whacked that whacked off the horn of the bull. He, yeah. And I was like, first of all, the animal cruelty thing didn't really kick in it, at that age. I was just like, oh man, that dude can fight a bull. I'm like, I want to do that. Well, think about this. I grew up in the country out in Greenfield, Indiana. There was no martial arts schools right. whatsoever. The only thing that I had was like I think Friday night, late at night, they had all of the the martial arts on late at night. They would have like all of the uh, the Chinese martial arts that were dubbed, and that was on like really late. And they would have that, and it was like every Friday night. So I'd stay up and watch that. And I was like, oh man, I want to do that. And then I found this book, so I'm like, I get this book. Well, this was it. And it showed all of the uh, katas. So we learned oh, like yeah. pinon one, pinon two. I think this book had went through pinon four. 
and it showed you how to make a proper fist and all this stuff. So me and my buddies, we rallied around this, and we're like, we're all just going to pass this book around. So we passed this book around, and we all just started like, we're going to get together. So we'd train in my garage. So that's what started it. And so this was like in 70, 76. So from 1976 until 1983, 84, I was just operating off of books and stuff because you didn't have anything else. So you were literally like to your friends, do you want to do karate in the garage? Dude. <laughs> I feel like as a young boy, you either have you fall into one category and it's like you either start a karate, like something in your garage, you start WWE wrestling. That was me. Or you're like super into cars. Like there's not really any other category. That line was that line from Step Brothers. Yes. Yes. When he said that, I was like. We're exactly the same age. I know exactly what he's. I'm like, and I'm just like so happy about yeah. this. We would like knock each other out, and we would like, like we wouldn't. We would have like a mattress, like get a camping mattress, and we're like this is our. This is what we're gonna do. If he falls down, fall this way, and it was just we didn't have access to anything until there was a magical store that opened up on the east side of Indianapolis called Oriental Gifts. Oh yes. You remember that place? You I don't guys, remember no. it, but I've been to a couple of Oriental gifts. Okay. I don't even think that's a preferred new We didn't even anymore. know. <laughs> we didn't know it should be called like Asian gifts or anything. We were like, this is the same time that LaChoy, like the food came out. And oh, you're like, yeah. oh, this is Chinese? Or like oh, my God. any Chinese person would go, oh, the hell is this? What the fuck yeah, is that? Exactly. It's bullshit. Yeah. Well, the store was kind of bullshit. It was like, this is what the Americanized version of oh, yeah. whatever they, yeah. yeah, movie they saw. But you could get nunchucks, you yes. could get shurikens, you could get all this stuff. And, and then, so we'd buy whatever we could afford, and then we come back and train with it. And when they came out with um, like the VHS tapes, we're like, oh, this is it. And we're like, the the future is here. We get a VHS <laughs> tape, and then we just pass it around. So we were literally doing, you know, teaching each other karate in the garage. And I'm sure everything was just terrible because it was all more about what you look like than could you really fight. The reality was is I don't think any of us really knew how to fight at all. If if we did get into fight, we would just look so silly that someone would just like. Run away. Yeah, you just start performing a kata, yeah. and people are like, the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> what is this dangerous. guy doing? <laughs> what is a kia? Why does he keep going kia? You get into horse stance yeah. with your hands yeah. by your waist, and you're like, I'm ready. So, my face is completely exposed. <laughs> so that book you've had it. since the fifth grade? Yeah, dude, dude, this is the Look, look at the stains on it. That might Amazing. be blood. As far as I know, that might be my own blood right there. I fucking love that. Isn't That's it great? Amazing. I will never get rid of this thing. I'm going to pass this on to my my son. Doesn't seem to be very interested. He doesn't think I'm very cool. But my grandson's going to think this is awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to tell him that this is my blood. And if not, I'm going to rub some of my own blood on. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. That is so, so that so, is so cool. So flash forward that then. There was a school called, uh, there was a, a guy named Herb Johnson. And Herb Johnson, if you look him up in the karate, Sherego Jeru style, he was the guy. They opened a studio. I went to that studio. And I had been a wrestler from seventh grade through 11th grade. And in the middle of my sophomore year, I got into karate. And I went to the school and enrolled. And I got into it. And I was like, I found my thing. I'm like, this striking stuff is cool. I didn't want to do katas. I didn't want to do... For, uh, any any weapons I wanted kumite so all I did was like what do I got to do to fight 
And they're like, all right, here's what you got to do. And they started training me for the fight. So then I joined the competition team and I went through like one year, which was basically entry level, junior novice sort of stuff. And then, um, and then uh, I, I got pretty good at the stuff and I started winning. So then the second year that I did it um, in the second series of tournament, I went all the way and got to the state championship and um, I, uh, I got disqualified in the final fight by doing a spinning back kick and knocking a guy out. In any other competition, you go, oh, that's awesome. And Herb came over to me when I, because I did a spinning back kick, which was my thing, and I knocked the guy out and he was bleeding out of his mouth and um, I had, you know, faced the other way out of respect. I knelt down and faced the other way and my coach comes over, he's like, Man, he was like, that was the greatest spinning. He's like, your form, the way you baited him in. He was like, everything. And he goes, oh, but you're going to get disqualified. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, but that's okay. And he didn't care that I got disqualified because I did everything right. And he was like, had this been in the street, this would have been the perfect placement. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what do you mean I'm getting disqualified? And I couldn't get my mind over that. And he's like, well, he's like, you'll get second place. But he's like, you can't win first because you knock the guy out. And I'm like, well, who's getting first? And he's like, he is. The guy walked out with a trophy as big as that bass guitar over there. Mm. This is the trophy. I'm going to show you the trophy that I walked out with. <laughs> Guys, it's it's about a foot tall. Thir 13 and a half inches, maybe. Yeah. Wow. I walked out with this little thing. After all of that. After you killed a guy. After all of that. <laughs> and then I went, this is bullshit. I need to find a sport that's true to combat. And so I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like you, you didn't win the fight, but you fucking won the fight. Like, <laughs> I won, Oh, I definitely won the fight. And then at that point, I was just like, hmm, I'm going to go through and I'm just looking for fights. Like real street fights. At that point, I was like. I'm done with high school. I'm going to college. And, oh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to fight in college. So that's kind of what I did. And I kind of – I didn't do great at college because I was so focused on all of the other things, the music and the other things. All and, the cool stuff. And, but I got in a lot of fights. And I won most of them. I lost one uh, street fight with a really good guy, and he was – I, I was six foot, you know, whatever. This guy was really short, and he was a great wrestler, and he knew jujitsu. And he took me down, and I remember he pounded my head. And I had to go to the uh, university hospital, and they stitched up my head up here. And I was like, what did I try to do? I tried to do some fancy karate bullshit, and he took me down, and he beat my ass. And I'll never forget that. And he earned my respect, and I was like, okay, I know where this is going. So then it was kind of like, all right, now let's, what are you going to do to hone your skills? And, you know, and that just kind of led me on later in life that you got to, all of the stuff that I had learned and all of those sort of forms and katas and all that, that was great for discipline and to get, but I was like, the reality of like, what's going to happen in a street fight? I'm like, nah, you need to learn the, the Krav sort of stuff. You need to learn how to do all of that stuff. So that's what I was searching for and it didn't exist. And it didn't exist until later on when I discovered Muay Thai, when the internet came about, and I was like, oh, I'm like, this is what I've been looking for. I'm like, when you grab me, 
I can do this to you because I know wrestling and I know some jujitsu. And then I can also hit you with this elbow. I can do this thing with my knee. Oh, and I'm like, it's on. But there weren't, that didn't exist. It was on the internet. But you're like, well, where are you going to find that in central Indiana? It wasn't here. So um, I just basically took some time off and just was like, hey, I'm just going on with life, building a career and business and having kids and all of that stuff. And um, eventually, the, um, my buddy goes, uh, hey, he's like, I know you've been uh, talking about this Muay Thai stuff and all this UFC stuff. Because <laughs> at this point, UFC was like the thing. And that was the exposure that you would have to Muay Thai or Lethway or any of these things that had seemed so far away from you know where you grew up. And I was like, he said, uh, there's a Muay Thai gym in Fishers. I go, what? A Muay Thai gym in Fishers? I'm like, there's, there's like one on the west side and like one downtown, and that was it. And he's like, no, there is one. I'm like, you got to go check it out. I'm like, okay. So this would have been, I don't know, 2008? I don't know, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. Um, whatever 12 years ago was. So <laughs> subtract 12 from now. 2011, 2010. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, oh, it's at this place called Sparta. And I go, oh, I know Sparta. And I'm like, oh, so they're adding another curriculum. Yeah. And they're like, they got this girl over there, and uh, you should go check her out. I think you'll, you'll, you'd like it. I'm like, well, I know Luke and everything. And I went over there, and I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm totally in. I'm like, it's right in my backyard. It's everything I've been looking for. It was great. So, yeah, so that was – so I think it took all of that sort of, you know, the, the belt – because there was a lot of belt farms, mm -hmm. and that was so prevalent when I was doing it. And it was like I remember – there was a Taekwondo school that was down the street from ours in like the 80s, late 80s. And they had their black belts. And they were doing the flippy, board kicky stuff. And they would send them down to our, and challenge our students. Our yellow belts were killing their black belts. Because we didn't have a belt system. It was like you would either fight and then you'd get ranked up or you didn't. You weren't paying for your belt. And where I was like, okay, I see where this is going. So you had to figure out which schools were which, and then it was everyone was trying to, you know, to your point, monetize things. It, it all became really weird. And so uh, when I found something like Sparta and Muay Thai that was like, oh, there's no belt system. You can just, you either fight or you don't. And I was like, oh, this is my world. I like these people. So, so you were essentially the Kimbo slice of, like, the Midwest. You were just fighting people. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily, look, I'm just saying when I went downtown – I wasn't re really moving out of the way if some big dude like came through like strutting his stuff. Like I didn't care. Like I'm I was glad like, you didn't get like shot because <laughs> I'm like, and you go fight downtown, you're gonna get shot. Yeah, nowadays definitely. Yeah, nobody, nowadays nobody you fights. would, but back then no, it was like, yeah, you want to step into the and, and like, yeah, like, oh, okay, you really want to step outside? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I really will. And then they're like. Well, because I was never a big dude. I, this is as big as I've ever been. I mean, at one point in my life, I was 220, but that was only because I was hiking and lifting weights. I wasn't really even fighting. So to see a kind of a skinnier dude that's like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. He's willing to go out and throw down with you. So he must know what he's doing. So, hey, maybe we'll talk our way out of this stuff. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. It was, it was weird. It was Part of that is like a little self-loathing. Like, you know, you're like, maybe I wasn't really best friends with myself kind of thing. Okay. So you're like, I'm willing to put myself out there. 
But then once you have kids and stuff, you're like, all that stuff, stop for me. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm a business person. I'm a professional. Yeah, I mean, and you were young, so you were yeah. invincible at yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like all of us. Brain damage didn't exist. Yeah. How, <laughs> you said you grew up in a really musical family. How were you like then the black sheep of the family where you were like doing karate and everyone else was like starting the Partridge family or the. No, <laughs> no. And, and not really, but it, it, we were, I came from a mixed family. My parents divorced when I was, because I'm an only child. Okay. But I, I came into a family with a stepbrother and a stepsister through uh, my mom remarried. So these people, we weren't like we were tight because we were together since we were really young, like six, seven, five, six, seven years old. But we didn't come from the same sort of background. So we didn't have the same interest. So it was like, oh, they were interested in this. I'm doing this. And I'm like, yeah. Plus, I also had the advantage of like, you know, when you that when you're that that only child, and you're like, you're going with your dad for the weekend, your real dad, with like, your real dad and your stepdad <laughs> is what you called yeah. it, I guess. So I go like with my real dad for the weekend, and I'd have different experiences. Okay. So they come back and they're like, "Well, what'd you do with him?" And I was like, "Well, I did this and this and this," and it was different from their experience. So it was okay that we were, uh, but everybody loved music. There was always music and like buying they got sick of me my mom got sick of me playing on the pots and pans so they're like at least buy some of these real things so it sounds better and then it was kind of like okay you can have your band in the garage and then okay you're performing in high school okay so it was always leading somewhere and it was same with the martial arts it's okay if you bought this book at the book fair it's okay that you uh, you're doing doing karate in the garage with your buddies. It's okay because it's going somewhere. Now you're fighting for a state championship. So it was always like a progression. And like if I do something, I'm either in or out. There's no in-between. Like I'm not going to do anything half-assed. So it's kind of like those series of – because you're like, well, you've done a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, but if you think about like the Malcolm Gladwell in the four years, like you can fit a lot of four years – the ten thousand, the law of ten thousand hours, which is, I think, I think, if I recall, the book is that if you do anything for like roughly eight hours a day as a full time job for four years, that's roughly ten thousand hours, I think. Okay. And you're a professional, okay? Technically, according to his book. So I'm like, well, think about. It. I'm like, well, I'm fifty five now, so I'm like, how many of those four year things can I've done? I'm like. Theoretically, I could have 10 things that I'm really, really good at. Like, maybe almost professional, but maybe not, but pretty close. So, five times 10, I'm like, okay. Like, I got like 10 things that I'm pretty good at. <laughs> it's weird. I have a 2070 something day streak in Duolingo. And I am not a professional Spanish speaker. Are you getting the little <laughs> pop-ups? I love Duolingo. It's great. <laughs> they get the little uh, the little caricature things that pop up, and they're like, "Oh, you're doing so good." Yeah. Well, Duo Duo is happy with me, but he gets mad at like some people. Um, <laughs> it's, don't say some people. He hates me, and I hate that fucking owl. Really? <laughs> he sits there and is a little bitch when I don't practice, and he cries on my screen. You're both doing it at the same time. Yeah, I do Duolingo as well, but like Brandon is the fucking golden child and uh, i yeah. procrastinate or like i forget and then duo on my screen is like crying and i'm like 
Shut the fuck up. Sometimes yeah. you're kind of a baby. His background is on fire, and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's his like, really? demon spawn. Yeah, he's like, practice. And I'm like, oh. you know what? Now that you want it that bad, I actually am not going to practice. Yeah. You make it. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa Campleanos this right. on your birthday, <laughs> you bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. But I love B that loves duo. They're besties. Well, apparently, according to if you do that for four years. like, But I, I think the reality is, is look, you could if you trained – jujitsu for four years on your own through an app you're not that's not yeah. the equivalent of anyone actually doing it with other another person for six months Absolutely. i don't even know immersion if training jujitsu for eight hours a day for four years would even make you a professional well it's immersion i think you could be we had there was a guy um here in in, in fishers indiana and he had a mexican restaurant we'd go into his restaurant all the time and we love you such a nice guy and i asked him i said how do i learn spanish he goes come back here in the kitchen 100%. and he goes you work with me he goes in two months and he goes un momento por favor or something like that and he brings <laughs> this girl out and this girl is like the you know she is just like the stereotypical fishers girl and he's like no english and he says in spanish how did you learn spanish and she said by working here in the kitchen number one and then number two was watching spanish soap operas yes everyone does that or like listening oh, like, to spanish music or listening yeah. like other people will come to like america and be like how did you learn english and they said well one fun fact like in germany it's expected that you learn english from yeah. the get-go but two a lot of people will be like i just listen to music like mm -hmm. english music yeah and they, like, they, what they the watched hell? uh watch movies with subtitles and stuff like that's that. it because he said so i said well, well what is it about the the um spanish soap operas and he's like well first of all he goes they speak very slow and deliberate because oh. it's, a, it's very romantic he said number two you can get the subtitles and i'm like oh well, that's, that's good. brilliant that's what I need. That's and a, and they're speaking how they would normally speak right. not how duolingo <laughs> thinks that like you're going to be, you can finish duo. I feel like you finish Duolingo. You're going to be like, I'm going to, the people at the Mexican restaurants I go to are going to be so impressed with me. Yes. Versus like, you're going to drop me in Mexico City and I'm going to survive. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know about that. I think duo teaches you proper. Yeah. Versus slang, which yeah. is what most everybody speaks. Just like English. We don't speak proper English most of the time. Yeah. We speak slang English. Yeah. And that's, you know, so, yeah. Um, that yeah, because one time uh, uh, a guy came into uh, one of my jujitsu. He came into Naptown, and uh, he goes uh, Espanol, and I was like uh, un poco, like, you know? yeah. and he spoke slow enough that I could like, I was good good enough to translate that because he spoke slow for me. Yeah. Versus like when I'm like sometimes I listen to people talk and I'm like, okay, I heard pregunta and I heard arroz and I heard you know just like random things like yeah. I heard you know I could piece it together but I don't know the whole fucking sentence yeah you know? <laughs> it's it's weird because it's it, it, uh, uh, Americans are like oh I speak this and then I'm I'm learning this other language and like well, what do you speak and they're like well I'm French but I speak these five other yeah. languages fluently yeah. like what yeah. is going on over here why doesn't that happen over here and like, I learned them at a very young age and like yeah because like it's yeah English is a very universal language and every country is like okay cool and America's like well great just speak English and yeah fine like, yeah. I don't you, you just know speak what our mean? language like, it, it we'll be cool ever, with this it wasn't ever like I don't understand why it's not put in our 
repertoire. Like, why well, I don't think that's important. Or yeah. not, I mean, at least not earlier and fluently because, I mean, in high school, I was required to take a foreign language. Yeah. But did I learn shit from it? Hell no. Yeah. I'm not practicing it near enough. And yeah. I mean, wir haben eine große Problem. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, that's what I learned from high school German? Well, like, we have a serious problem? Donde está la biblioteca? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Thank you, Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> I remember Steve Martin had like the, uh, donde está Casa de Pepe? And he was like, <laughs> where, is th- what? where is the house of Pepe? It's like, uh, he's just throwing random shit together. Yeah. You sound good with the accents, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my friends said that she she goes, yeah, I took all four years of Spanish and I can successfully tell you where the bathroom is. Yeah. You know, mm. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You go, baños? See, cerveza. Yeah. yeah, you just look. <laughs> a lot of us just gotta look. Like, Banos. Huh? Yeah, you yeah. get really good at like miming things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but they say that's uh, the if, if you go. I haven't been to Thailand, so that's on my bucket list. And as much as I've been involved in Muay Thai, I'm like, yeah, I definitely got it. If I'm gonna be legit, I gotta do this. But they have like uh, Thai English, and it's like they have adapted uh, because there's so many. Uh, English-speaking people that come over that they have this thing called Thai English, which is um, the inflections. If you learn their inflections, you can use the English words, but you use the inflections at a certain point in time, and then they, they're like, oh. So they've kind of learned the language as long as you can speak the inflections. It was, um, oh, um, you know Mark Delagrate. He has a, a great bit about that. If you ever listen, there's a podcast he did with Joe Rogan and Mark Delagrate, who's one of the greatest Muay Thai coaches ever. He talks about his experience and how he learned. Um, he called uh, uh, Tinglish or Thai English. He calls uh, it Tinglish. Yeah. And I he was Tinglish. like, yeah. And <laughs> it's he was like, just like Spanglish. I mean, a yeah. lot of, especially like um, kids who are second generation Like their parents came here and they were born here and now they're basically, you know, ping ponging between school, which is predominantly English and their home life, which is predominantly Spanish speaking. They learn Spanglish and that becomes this like weird gap. And it's I don't know. It's so funny because I will speak Spanglish to my friend, but it'll be like really heavier on the english side yeah (laughs) i I used to work at mcdonald's years ago and and i and i had i worked with a lot of latin american people in the kitchen (laughs) it was kind of funny because some of them did not speak any fucking english at all yeah and like but they would still like gringo up some of the stuff like like there was lechuga and there was grande lechuga (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) one time my buddy he was a shed (laughs) i love him though he was like because we were talking about something, and he goes, and gringo cheese. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just, I do that. Uh, the other day we had, uh, I think it was two nights ago, and I was like, white people taco night. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, if you go to, like, you know, like, I, if you, any, any um, Latin American country, and you have taco, like, there's nothing like this. And until no. now we have the greatest thing ever, which is the Saraga market. Oh, can we I'm all agree that that's the greatest place? I ever? have not been, but I will go oh, immediately. You have to go. I will Look, go immediately. You just go and just take a lot of money, and I don't have that, so we'll have to go some other okay, time. Okay, be <laughs> very selective. Okay, don't take a lot of money, but just find the one thing you're like, I want just Latin, or I just want Vietnamese, or I just want Chinese, or whatever. They have so much great stuff, and it's like 
why can't this? Why isn't the stuff that I make at home taste this good? And you're like, because you're not buying those ingredients. Right. Like, get yeah. the fish sauce, man. Keep some fish sauce at home. Is it like a? Is it like a like the garage downtown where it's just like a bunch of different restaurants together, or is it like an actual market? No, it's an actual market. Okay, like they okay. have like, but 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 it's sectioned off, and they have like the, oh, okay, the okay. different. You know, it's global. Just yeah, they much have a the they have a place like that in Ohio or Cincinnati, and it's called Jungle. Gyms, yeah, yeah, it's freaking amazing. Yes, okay. okay. <laughs> so imagine Jungle Gyms okay. is the sort of Americanized, anglicized version okay. of what Saraga is in Castleton. Okay, well, Saraga is the real thing. Like you go in there and you're oh, gonna walk past I an area. I have been to Saraga. Like there's gonna be some bullfrogs in a tub. Literally, yes. Yeah, I have been there because well, for various many different reasons, just because I like to cook random shit sometimes and. That place is legit. Oh, it's the shit. That place is legit. There's yeah. another place that's uh, like a Japanese market, and yeah. it's right by um, like REI. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in that yep. same strip mall, and same they place. have serious, and they have sushi. They do yeah. have sushi. Oh yeah, yeah. That, place, place, that place is cool. But that's also like the smaller, most fun because Hannah will go there and be like, "Look at this like rice bowl that I got, and yeah. it's this beautiful bowl." It's just like it was two dollars. Yeah, like, shut the and fuck if, up. Yeah, so if cool. you went to like Sakura, they would be like. <laughs> Uh, twenty five seventy nine, same stuff. <laughs> but you can buy all the same ingredients at yeah. that. The thing is, is you, you I, okay? I'm not gonna. Normally, I would deliver it, and I, you don't know how to put these together. If you don't know how to put the ingredients together, yeah. like they're all there for you, but you got to learn it from someone. It's just like a language. Learn how to cook the food. And I'm a foodie, so you guys okay. see all my stuff. So. I love it. Hell you would yeah. love our Thanksgiving. Yeah, every every Thanksgiving we we pick like a different country or a continent, yeah. and we, we make food from. We look at we so we cook new shit. Watch year. this year. This Greek. year's Greek. Ooh. Yeah. All right. I can't pronounce anything that we're cooking, but last year was Ni- or, uh, Ethiopia, and it was fucking phenomenal. Oh, it was oh. Yeah, we've we done it for four years, so the uh, year before that, we did Latin America, and then the year before that, we, we started with Well, Asian you can do lamb for this year. I mean, you can do the, uh, you're going to do the gyros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one that I think, uh, not Felicia, but... Trevor told us about because they went to Greece and they were like, yeah. you need to have the pie. It's like a spinach feta pie and yeah. phyllo dough and I'm, or phyllo yeah. dough. And I'm yeah. like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, Definitely doing that. There, so um, what was it? Hella's Greek Cafe. You okay. guys ever go there? Mm-mm. That place is awesome. Yeah. Hella's it's not too far from you guys. Broad Ripple kind of area. North okay. Broad Ripple. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Lamb. I love lamb. And I, I'm like, not even going to lie. I definitely do. But we have not had actual meat in a really long time. I mean, I've had chicken and fish, but like, yeah. but we usually do like the seitan. And we had one. We went to a badass, was it Kitchen 16, Kitchen 17? Kitchen kitchen something. 13. Number. Are you guys vegan? I'm, I'm a vegetarian. Okay, vegetarian. Yeah, she's not. All right. So my son was vegan, so we flirted with all this stuff. Yeah. I am not, look- I like meat because I like meat. Yeah. But I've gone like s- s- stretches of time with yeah. no meat and yeah. didn't care. Yeah. No. Same. Yeah. There's so I many same. different things out Dude, now that so you much. can't even like tell. No. Like, used to it wasn't as much, and and you really had to like. It, well, I eat a lot of tofu because it's cheap and has a lot of protein. Yeah. It's low calorically, but everything else like there's so many different options now. It's Kitchen Seventeen. It was Kitchen Seven. Yeah. Now I think about it. It was it was this badass metal bar. In Chicago, it was mm-hmm. all vegan food. Yeah. It was oh fucking God. awesome. That's what people don't understand. The people are like, oh, you can't be dumb. I'm like, uh, guys, let me tell you something. 
it saved my son's life, literally saved my son's life by going, like cutting everything out, starting and then from scratch and then going vegan and then introducing. It's like he's slowly introduced and now he's up to chicken and fish. Yeah. Okay. And he's going to, he's, will he ever go full meat? I don't think so. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, we make lasagna with some ground turkey. Ground turkey. And then some other stuff that's like some plant-based stuff. I'm like, most people, like you wouldn't know. If I serve this to you, you would have no idea. No. If I put, like, are you okay with cheese? Yeah, man, put the cheese on that on that vegan, on that hamburger. What I'm like, I could give you a vegan burger, and you wouldn't even know it. You'd yeah. eat the shit out of it as long as it was fra- flame broiled. Oh, yeah. Ah, no. Nom, 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 You yeah, see the so cheese that. was, like, plastic. Yeah. <laughs> They've gotten good at the cheese. They've gotten really yeah. good at the cheese, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, I'm still, like, I still just want to eat something that came from the ground. Like, I'm... I try not to, the process stuff, and the more I, I I'm like, so I want to be the, the vegan, but people, I don't think people really understand. They're like, people are like, pick a side. I'm like, dude, don't pick a side. Like, just try this, and don't be so close-minded. Right, yeah. Like, I get it. You're a carnivore. <laughs> be a carnivore. But tonight, try this, and tell me if you, if the lasagna, if the ground-up meat that's covered in the sauce that you could never tell anyway you wouldn't have known like even the ground beef that you get do you really know because i don't think people do no they don't yeah yeah Yeah, we are we are very blessed to have a i have a friend at work who gives us farm fresh eggs oh for for, honestly a better price we get in the store just because he's a good dude so yeah, and I mean there is a fucking difference in those yeah. eggs. But shout like, out to Hoosier Heritage Farms, which oh, is yay. directly east of here. Place is amazing. I, in fact, in in my sous vide upstairs, I have a steak that is cooking in sous vide right now, and it's a uh-huh. it's a ribeye. It is the darkest purple, and I'm a carnivore, so I'm always going to be. It when you taste that, and I had their ground beef, it tastes like something it yeah. tastes like an animal yeah like yeah the stuff that that you're getting at the store shit well that's what like. i was telling so our cousin is i'm like hey look i like i could absolutely buy chicken the way i've been buying it which is in these huge bulk packages but if i'm being honest i'm it's not benefiting my body right now yeah. like i need to be able to buy chicken that has had had a life like at one yeah. point you know like it just doesn't give me the same nutrients and if it's not and i'm purchasing this you know antibiotic stuffed chicken it's not doing me benefit all you're doing is you with that whole saying that, that you are what you eat it's right. so true it is 100%. And, I'm, and i don't like to get weird about it but i'm like you think about when you get older when you're young you're like oh, i'm invincible yeah. i'll eat those mcdonald's cheeseburgers and never care what went into yep. it and then you you start to listen to stuff to, to to these guys that are really really smart and they start talking about well this is how your body handles that stuff because your body is is has to process everything i mean it has to pro- whatever comes into your body it's not used to that you've got to process it in some way and there's some stuff that's like good and easy to process and there's some stuff that's bad and then you don't know what's been added to that stuff. So it's like, wouldn't it be just be easier to pull something out of the ground and stick it in your mouth and know that, well, the only thing I have to worry about was the quality of the soil. Right, yeah. yeah. Not what 
the supply chain it went through and then did they put a pesticide on it to keep the bugs off of it and did they spray it with a wax to preserve the color so that they can transport it to the store and all this stuff and you're like i'd rather just go to this farm over here and see that chicken that that egg that fell out of that chicken's butt yeah exactly Mm. yeah give me that (laughs) taste it yeah what do you think when you eat that that egg what what jumps out at you as the difference in the taste because oh, I think yolk. it's massively the yeah, yolk definitely is the yolk. It it's such a it's different color. Yeah, it's a different texture. It's like orange. Yeah, yeah. it's it's bright. Yeah, bright, beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're like, okay, that's totally. different. It's the same thing when I eat chicken breast. I mean, I've had, you know, like I said, like the Meyer packaged chicken for like. I mean, it's a great deal. If if you cannot afford anything else. By all means, I would rather you eat that than, you know, go to the gas station and get a, a moon pie or whatever. Oh, yeah. But if you can't afford You mean the start- stuff on the roller, the thing on that <laughs> yeah. roller thing? Yeah. I shouldn't eat go. that stuff? I mean, you can. You can have it if you want. I'm <laughs> not going to say Look you can. at the ingredients list. If it's longer than the tip of your finger, it's probably. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like when you cook up that chicken versus a chicken that you got from the farmer's market, the texture, the taste, I mean, it absorbs what you put on it so much better and it's just it's so different it's so so different so since we're coming up on thanksgiving my neighbor two doors down he brought me a wild turkey that he shot and he harvested himself wow amazing okay i took this turkey pounded it out into little small little little just fillets um, Did you spatchcock it where you like cut the thing and then like? Well, this was just the breast of it, oh. so I didn't have to like mess with the bones. <laughs> okay, and anyway, okay. I would have spatchcocked that thing. I would have spatchcocked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this time I didn't have to go that dirty. I just had to like cut the breast. Okay. Pounded it out. Okay, we're still going a little dirty there, but <laughs> it was flat. I made the turkey meat flat. How's that? And then uh, a little uh, panko breading on each side okay. and a little oil, a um, little butter, pan fried that stuff. Oof. Okay. Th- when you taste a wild turkey compared to any t- turkey that you, any, any butterball, I don't care how good it, this thing tasted like steak. Oh my gosh. It's, it was unreal. And I'm like, I can't get enough of this stuff because I'm like, if, if this is how good wild turkey tastes, I'm like, imagine any wild game like an elk or a bison back or in the day, 300 years berry. ago. I mean, just yeah. one day my daughter came home from, she went to Heron and she came home from school and goes, some girl grows grapes in her backyard and I tasted uh-huh. it. And she said, yeah. I'm not joking when I say it tastes exactly like a grape candy. She's like, I didn't realize that's what grapes yeah. were supposed to taste like. I, and the same, we went and picked um, yeah. berries. We had another same friend thing. that had, he's got raspberries and he had blackberries. blackberries. Oh, yeah. This and bush is like, all over his house. I grew up with mulberries. Yes, yeah, so we grew up with blackberries, just wild random. I grew up, I'm like, so when did we get away from like, because I grew up just walking over to the fence row, because we had this fence row, and there were cows on that side of the fence, and I'm guessing... <laughs> Well, the reason our berries are growing so well is because the cow shit's kind of getting over yeah. on there. Like, I'm not eating the cow shit, but the cow shit's producing these awesome berries, and I'm eating these berries. Then we had fruit, so we grew up with that sort of yeah. stuff in the country. And I'm like, I don't know how many kids I would that, that now are equipped to even go out and go, 
I'm going to go into the woods and even know what yeah, the fuck I could eat. Foraging is definitely becoming yeah. a, a thing well, now. Well, they would know it's called a Google search. and they. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, here's what happens. The only time those kids are ever going to go out and forage is when they're forced to. That means the internet shut down and they're fucked. <laughs> Right? Okay, so the so shit's hit the fan. Like, what's going to happen with our youth? We're well, like, all right, what are we eating? What's this red berry versus this one? Well, I feel like we kind of like scurried down old man corner by accident. Well, and but we're yeah. here. You <laughs> did. Listen, it's but like, I am old man corner. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm just trying one. to share my wisdom with the youth that are listening. <laughs> it's why well, it, AI scares the shit out of me because of I, I grew up watching Terminator. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but you know what? I and, and so I'm in that business. So I it I, AI doesn't scare me. I actually re, I'm really super excited about it. But I'm super excited about it to the extent that it's I think it's really going to help educate people, and I think it's really going to shorten the, the 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 time that people need to figure stuff out. And people are in such an instantaneous. I need fulfillment. I need the answers. I need to be able to Google stuff. Blah blah blah. I think AI is going to help with that. Now, there's a lot of downside to it. Yeah, I was going to say, as a musician, and they're taking voices from different people, and you know, yeah, yeah, just, you know, John Mellencamp could be doing a duet with Corn, and then you know, yeah. what I'm saying? You know it would have never happened in real life. But they're, like. but they're taking stuff like that, and you know what I'm saying, like. But from an educational purpose, it's like, okay, I need to. The shit's hit the fan. I, I'm like, I need to figure out what how I what berries I can eat. Well. Maybe this, in, or maybe you choose to lose, uh, live an off-grid lifestyle. Hmm. Like that's what I'm into. I'm like, okay, if you want to do that, AI can really help you because yeah. now that it can, you can go take a picture of this and go, should I eat this mushroom? Well, why are you eating it? Do you want it for nutrition or do you want to go see God? Because it's <laughs> yes. two different things. Both. No, both. Right. Thank you. Uh, can I get both? <laughs> you can. Take me to outer space. Yes. With a full belly. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming back down from that. Yeah, I don't even know where we went. We went someplace out there and we're... Uh, well, we, we, we back, went to the world's ending. <laughs> yeah, I so don't you, even know so how we went from, you know, my little green martial arts book to... It's a fun conversation. Yeah, we can, we can go a lot of other places, too. If you guys <laughs> want to do a business-focused uh, kind of thing, we can do that as well. Well, I am, I am curious. What did... So what do you do? You said you work with... Like AI stuff, or you, you like AI stuff for what you do professionally, or yeah. So it's weird. So um, I've done all the, the 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 hobby stuff, which is what you guys like to talk about, yeah. and that's what I I like to talk about because that's for fun. But the career stuff that's allowed me to like build the studio and and do all of that other fun stuff on the side is the, the you know my career. And I thought I was going to be an architect, so I. Um, went to ITT Technical Institute, which used to be over off of Michigan Road, and I got a degree in architectural engineering. It was an associate's degree, and once I got an associate's, then I could go back to Ball State because I already had a degree, and they had to let me in, and then, then I could become an architect. Well, I realized being an architect was boring as shit because uh, um, being an architect is not like sitting around designing buildings and like doing... There is an artistic, creative component of that but the majority of it is you sit and you just do calculations on how big a beam has to be to support the load of the floor and the s snow load and the live load of people and you're like oh this is terrible so i'm like i don't want to do this and a buddy of mine who was a friend i gave him a um cassette tape uh and he was a musician and he was like oh 
this is your original album. I'm like, yeah, this is my original album. And he goes, I like it. And he's like, um, can I be your manager? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you want a job at my company? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he got me into IT. And so we developed this friendship with this dude, and he got me into IT. He eventually became our manager. Then he joined our band. And then we just went on, and we had a band together for like 10 years. And from that point, I stayed in like uh, information technology because it, was, it paid well. And it was fun because it was internet related and the, the web was still kind of evolving. And I kind of rode that sort of wave. And then I've sort of always been into IT in different you know, leadership roles. Um, at, uh, and I spent 10 years at a company called Symantec, which is, you guys know Norton Antivirus? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that, that is um, Symantec's consumer brand. So I was with those the guys for 10 years. So I was in cybersecurity for 10 years. So that's kind of where I just kind of hid, hang, hung out, and just you know, uh, did that, and then um, went to uh, a couple private equity companies where I built some other collaboration software companies, and then now I'm uh, in a like a the week the Monday after Thanksgiving I'm starting a new adventure where I've joined a leadership team called Steel Patriot Partners, and we do governance, risk, and compliance. So for companies that are audited. Um, or highly regulated, um, we help them uh, outsource their governance, risk, and compliance because th there's all these regulations about like if you handle healthcare data or private data, mm. um, banking data, financial, mm -hmm. it's all regulated by the government. Okay. So it's kind of like you got to do this. Well, companies are like, well, I'm a chiropractic, you know, healthcare company. Like that's what I want to do, and they're like, well, yeah. But you're going to exchange all this healthcare information with community hospital, which gives you referrals. So you got to do all this stuff. So people are like, "Well, that's bullshit. Why am I doing all of this stuff when I'm in healthcare?" Well, it's just information. So you got to protect information. So that's what I'm doing is joining a company that's just going to help protect information in the healthcare space, and I'm going to do that for the next five years, then retire, and then I'm going to just go to Thailand. Yeah, I'm going to go to <laughs> Thailand and enjoy their retirement program. Nice. You guys know about that? Great. I no. heard it's great. It's supposed to be awesome. I heard it's wonderful. As long as you got two grand. I was literally like, you only need two grand, right? Two grand, yep. and I'm there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my wife is be like, you, we're, we're doing what? I'm like, trust me, you'll, trust you'll love me, it. You'll love it. The beaches, superb. Yeah. I'm like, we don't have to stay there all year. No. I mean, we can come back here and, and you know. You know, punish ourselves in a horrible Hoosier winter if you want. Yeah, yeah. maybe just take to appreciate the times it. And the weather's good. You can always check. Yeah, it's all <laughs> timing. It's all timing, guys. Hell yeah, five years. That's yeah. not. A, that's a short time. That's a blink. Yeah, we'll be there. Hell yeah, dude. Amazing. Fucking awesome. Yeah, really cool. I, I, dude, I, I enjoy the stories. That's that's super fun. Yeah, man. Sorry, I get. I have a lot of stories. I got. Don't and, ever and if you If you really want to go go deep, then I'll. Uh, We'll we do can, a part two. We can do a part two, Let's and I can it. I can do some of the other side stories that I, you know. I maybe. need those musician stories, those good good musician oh, stories. Got <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get some whiskey and we'll we'll sit down well, here. And <laughs> well, the the next one we're definitely cracking some open. We'll uh, we'll okay. go a little deeper and a little darker. Let's go. How's Let's that? go. Hell yeah, All brother. Right. So before we go though, we do have to ask you, what is your superpower? Um, my superpower is connecting people. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good one. I uh, I connect. I know how to connect people that um, have like interests. Um, may not be my interests, but I know how to connect people. Uh, I've made a career out of it, and I didn't realize it was my superpower until 
late in life, like when I got 50, about 50, and I was like, when I had the the heart thing, the heart scare, the little health scare yeah. and all that. That's a whole other story. I was like, I really wanted to ask about we that. We didn't get we'll into that. We'll do, we'll do part we'll two. We'll do that part two. But with the whiskey. Yeah, but was connecting. I think once I connected with the the my own mortality, I was like, okay, I'm going to connect other people. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's nice. It. Well, thank you That's so cool, much. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Really thank you. This is, Amazing. This is awesome. I Yay. love you guys. I love, love spending time. Too, I love buddy. what you guys are doing. And uh, happy to support you guys, and let's do this again with other people, and I'm here to help. And yeah, dude. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, brother. Yay. All right, Peace. we'll see y'all later. Peace. <laughs> see you. <ya. laughs> Rock and roll, guys. Amazing. Hell yeah, dude. That Thank was really you. good. Awesome.